Hey guys, welcome back to the Starring Milana podcast where we try to build understanding in this crazy world one conversation at a time. This is season five, episode seven, and this podcast comes out every Monday, hashtag Milana Monday. There are three segments. The first one is called Talkworthy, where we pick a few things going on in the media and try to offer a new or different perspective. The second one is called Dropping Gems, where we pick a topic of the week and we drop a few gems and the third one is called bts where we recap my past week any new finds enticing encounters tv recaps and much much more um if you're listening via podcast app please make sure to subscribe leave a rating and a review if you're watching on youtube that's youtube.com forward slash drawing milana make sure to subscribe give this video a thumbs up leave a comment um and you can also follow me at starring milana on instagram in this week's episode, we are talking about the immigration crisis in Ukraine, the Wendy Williams show coming to an end, how to find love, and much, much more. All right, guys, let's kick off the talkworthy segment with some good news. Um, according to ESPN, players from the United States Women's National Team have settled their class action equal pay lawsuit against the U.S. Soccer Federation, USSF, for a total of $24 million. The two sides announced in a court filing on Tuesday. In settling the suit, the players will receive a lump sum payment of $22 million. This amount will be distributed in a manner proposed by the U.S. Women's National team players and approved by the district court. U.S. soccer will also pay an additional $2 million into an account to benefit the U.S. women's national team players in their post-career goals and charitable efforts related to the women's and girls' soccer. Each player will be able to apply for up to $50,000 from this fund. Um, so this suit was actually first filed back in March of 2019 uh, by the national team players, and they accused the USSF of institutionalized gender discrimination. The lawsuit was filed under the Equal Pay Act and the Title VII of the Civil Rights Act and focused on two areas, which is equal pay and working conditions. USSF stated they do not perform equal work requiring equal skill and effort because the overall soccer playing ability required to compete at the senior men's national team level is materially influenced by the level of certain physical attributes such as speed and strength okay so I've talked about this on my podcast before the women's team is I think much more successful than the man's team they've won more games um, they have more uh, Olympic medals um, they're great players and um, they play just as many games if not more games they practice just as hard as the men do and um, there's definitely not a question of supply and demand when they are bringing in all the wins like at this point it's just a joke I think that it was time for us to kind of change the status quo of what we've seen forever of men's sports being in higher demand um, because it's more entertaining, whatever the entertainment factor, I guess, the entertainment value of watching men play, men's basketball, men's soccer. Um, so it's, I guess, in higher demand. And this is what we've known our entire lives. But then you have the women's national team that's so good, has been so successful, and is just extremely underpaid and undervalued. And they got sick of it and filed this lawsuit. Um, but it looks like the judge did throw out the equal pay part of the suit. Um, but the women's team did appeal and are trying to show the disparities and bonuses and how men get paid two to three times more than women if they win or make it to a certain level, even if they lose. I think one of the um, one of the uh, statistics that I saw is that they both play games. If the men win the game, I think they like make up to a $10,000 bonus. The women make a $5,000 bonus. And if the men lose, they 
get a 5,000 bonus for even playing and the women get zero. The other thing that I saw is if um, women, I think, win the FIFA tournament, they get like 100 and something grand each player and the men get 400 something thousand. So, I mean, it's like really, really crazy. Um, so, yeah, and there's also been a lot of criticism by other soccer players saying that this isn't a win for future players. This is just a win for um, these women that were on the national team during this time and filed for this lawsuit, and it doesn't really guarantee anything for the future of soccer and the future generations. Um, and while I get that, because the equal pay part of the suit was thrown out by the judge but again they did appeal and I think that the criticism is just you know it's like we can't celebrate these little wins I mean this is a big deal and I think that to make change sometimes you have to hit people where it hurts the most and for a lot of people it's their pockets and I think that hitting the USSF with in their pockets right now um it's going to scare them and they're not going to want to experience that type of lawsuit again they're not going to want to experience that type of loss again so therefore maybe they're going to have to go in and change the way that um they pay out these players they have to change you know what they have to look at what they're paying men what they're paying women um what the unions are asking for and figure out a way that they can pay everybody equally or at least close to equal you know i don't i don't know what it means and how they can get away with that i don't know how much money they even have i'm sure enough to um I mean, soccer is a pretty big sport, so I'm sure they have enough money to go around, but um, figure out a way to really evenly distribute this money and um, really focus on the equal part, equal pay part of this. And I think that to receive criticism at a time where we should be kind of celebrating this win is, you know, it's a little unfortunate. And I hope that they see that this is a step towards the right direction. So yeah, I think this was a uh, great thing to celebrate and we are uh, on our way, hopefully, ladies. Um, so that was the good news. Let's get into a little bit of sad news. The next thing I'm going to talk about is, um, unfortunately, it was announced last week that the Wendy Williams show is coming to an end. After a season of Wendy's absence due to her health issues and having celebrities fill in for her, the show is now officially coming to an end. Um, it seems that things started getting kind of hectic for Wendy around 2017 when she collapsed on stage. Rumors started coming out about her husband having an affair and then fathering a child um, through this affair. And then she took some time off in 2018 and 2019, and it was revealed that she was in... Um, I guess it was some sort of a rehab center. She came back in 2020 and then again she left in 2021 due to health issues which I believe have been revealed as Graves disease. Um, Sherry Shepard was one of the reoccurring hosts that was filling in for her along with other celebrities, actors, you know, singers, hosts. And it's been announced that the Wendy show will finish off this season as its last season and then the show will be called um, Sherry with Sherry Shepard as they permanent host and I believe it is debuting in the fall and it still will have some element of the Wendy show like the Hot Topics um, segment which is really popular but it's going to be a you know completely new show for Sherry Shepard um, and some people are a little unhappy about this the production company had to move forward unfortunately I mean like there's a lot of people like I can't believe Wendy's show is coming to an end and I can't believe Sherry Shepard got a show it's kind of like what are we supposed to do, right? So if I'm a production company and I produce this show or if I'm Fox and, you know, I have this time slot for the Wendy Williams show and it is a very successful and very popular show, but she's been gone for almost an entire season of the show and you have people filling in and if she's not well yet, then how long can you really, 
you know, do this for. I don't think that they completely close the door and close the chapter with Wendy Williams. I, you know, I hope that that's not the case. I just think that they had to move forward and fill in a slot. And I think it's unfair to Sherry Shepard to have her host a show under someone else's name if she's really you know, that good at it, and if she's going to be the permanent host, then why wouldn't they just give her, obviously, her own show? Um, and they don't just give out talk shows to anybody, you know? You have to, like, bring something to the table. It has to be in demand, and this was clearly in demand. So, um, you know, congratulations to her, uh, but it is really unfortunate to see, you know, Wendy going off the air. You know, for those of you who don't know, Wendy started off as a radio host in the New York and Philly area. Um, she not only discussed hip hop and gossip, celebrity gossip, but she really just, you know, talked about her own life. She shared personal stories about plastic surgery and dating and cocaine addiction and then much, much more. She was very open and upfront about her personal life. And um, that really also translated into why she was able to talk about you know celebrity gossip or news and be so direct um, because she really didn't hide much about her own life she was very open about everything so she felt like she could put everyone else's you know or comment on everyone else's business should I say then she had the opportunity because her show was successful her radio show to go from radio to television um, daytime television that is and that's not easy you know you have to be more a little more PG you have to be a little more family friendly but um, and less shady obviously but she managed to do it look I have this podcast you know and out in the world I'm not a very offensive person I'm not very judgmental I don't give a fuck about what other people do I don't judge anybody at all I don't ever say anything mean about anyone I mean it takes a lot for me to say anything bad about a person and um that's just me out in the world now me on this podcast you know I have to comment on things that's part of my show and I'm very very cautious about the things that I say um and you know so are most people nowadays on social media with cancel culture people are try to be a little more cautious because remember the internet does not forget that is one thing if I can leave you with anything is the internet never forgets um and you know we live in this era where nothing ever goes away and Wendy didn't care she owned everything that she said and every word that she said she didn't care which celebrities would be offended she didn't care if she you know would lose friends she didn't care if they never wanted to come on her show she didn't care um even if celebrities hated for it she was just her she always said what she wanted to say she was herself she owned everything that she said and that's huge, you know? Again, we live in a world where everyone wants to be politically correct and they want to be liked. And Wendy was somebody who didn't really, I guess, care much about that. Um, and she was on the air for 14 years. This is a nationally syndicated show. And I don't really love gossip. You know, I think that the show did get mean sometimes. Um, and I didn't watch it very often, but I do have to say I respect the shit out of Wendy and everything that she's built. It is not an easy transition to go from radio to a talk show, especially one that was so successful. And she's one of the truly one of she's truly one of the last people who have just kind of said what's on their mind um, and just really entertaining and just really, really good at what she did. So I hope that she gets a proper ending to her story I don't know what that means you know I don't know if she gets back on air I don't know if she does it on on someone else's show if it's an interview if she sits down with Oprah I just hope she has a proper uh platform I guess to tell her story 
and you know this ending to the show or maybe it's not an ending maybe it's an ending to this but a new beginning to something else um you know maybe we need to hear about her new transition I don't know what it looks like I just hope that she gets better and I hope that um this isn't the end of her career imagine working your entire life and then losing everything you've ever known in just one day that is the story of many people that I know, many refugees, many immigrants, and it looks like it might happen again and is currently happening to a lot of people in Ukraine. Um, I don't know a lot about what's going on exactly um, in Ukraine or you know why Russia started this war. It's unprovoked. I'm, I'm unclear. It just is very reminiscent of what just happened last year in Armenia, in the Karabakh region against Azerbaijan and, and Turkey when they attacked my country. Um, you know, it's just big guy versus little guy. Um, and P Putin's video is very threatening and, you know, the rest of the world, telling the rest of the world not to interfere, it's just like kind of terrifying. I also keep seeing people saying U.S. needs to stop sticking their nose into other people's business. Um, but like, what do you do? You know, do you let a country like Russia, take over Ukraine and then possibly grow in size and possibly become more powerful and then go after, eventually go after neighboring countries and then, you know, become the superpower and go after other nations. I mean, I don't know, right? Like, is, is that something that you just sit back and wait or do you help and potentially create an enemy out of Russia? I have no idea. I'm not in politics. I don't know anything about this. I don't know what we should do. It's kind of like damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, but I don't have the answers, okay? But I want to talk about one element of this war that I can relate to, which is the immigration crisis, as they're calling it. According to Vox, the United Nations has estimated that about 100,000 Ukrainians have already been displaced as a result of the Russian invasion. And that number could ultimately grow to 1 to 5 million. From 1 to 5 million, okay? For now, Central Europe is welcoming Ukrainians with open arms, receiving countries include Poland, which is planning to accommodate up to 1 million Ukrainians, as well as Romania, Hungary, Slovakia, and Moldova, where 4,000 Ukrainians arrived on Thursday. But those countries aren't currently equipped to handle the volume of refugees that are likely to arrive on their borders in the coming weeks, and European and U.S. leadership needs to scramble to help build up that capacity. Ukrainians' needs go beyond temporary provisions of food, clothing, and shelter that can sustain them th through the cold weather. They are facing the prospect of long-term displacement, and that means they need formal pathways to legal status, access to resettlement services, permanent housing, education, and healthcare. So look, it's good to see that the neighboring countries are being so welcoming. This is kind of a different story for Syrian refugees and Muslim asylum seekers, but you know, that's just, that's a conversation for another day. There's also information coming out about racism, which is crazy because like in the middle of like tragedy and despair, people find the time to what? Focus on racism, segregation, what the fuck is going on? Apparently non-white Ukrainians are waiting longer than the white citizens to be allowed on the trains to leave the country. I mean, it's wild. Um, it's also a scary time because the neighboring countries don't have the capacity to hold one to four million Ukrainians. And like, unfortunately, where else can they go? The airports are either closed or 
they've been destroyed so people can't really fly out um i guess what i would think would happen is they go to the neighboring countries and if they aren't able to you know take in that kind of volume of people then they're gonna have to fly out of those neighboring countries out to maybe uk germany the u.s um i don't know spain just anywhere anywhere else i really gotta get off social media because it's really just killing me emotionally watching people pack everything that they can not even everything that they own just pack what they can get on into a suitcase and just hope for a train ticket out of ukraine is just really devastating it's really sad it makes it reminds me of the stories that my parents would tell me of how they were born in you know a, a city a country and they worked there they grew up there they built their entire life there they got married there and they one day had to run you know like waking up one day and it's like you got to get out of here or they're gonna murder you you have to leave now all the armenians oh you're a christian armenian you have to get out now and they had to pack whatever they could which was nothing because you don't have time there's no space on these trains or ever trying to escape and if you're running on foot you can't carry anything they grabbed you know a few pieces of memorable i don't know knickknacks some jewelry my mom was pregnant at the time grabbed some baby clothes documents and just ran for their lives you know just ran for their lives um left their house there was no cell phones at the time they they don't know where they're going everyone was displaced um you have family members you know end up in armenia my parents ended up in russia you have other people ending up in the country of georgia i mean everyone just ran for their lives and had no way to contact one another it took months to figure out who made it out alive whose mother ended up in what country you know my mom finding out my grandma ended up here and there it's it was just the stories are heartbreaking and i can't imagine living through something like that they are they're never able to go back to the you know the city and the country like where they were born where they live they can never see their old house they can never see their old neighborhood they lost so many friends they can never see their old schools i can't imagine waking up one day in, in la and someone's like run we gotta go they're killing us like run away run on foot train plane however you can you lose contact with everyone and then you're never allowed to come back here again i mean it's really heartbreaking and i i I don't, I can't say that, you know, these people from Ukraine are leaving and are never able to come back. I'm not saying that maybe if the war um, ends, they can go back home. I don't know what it means. I just know right now there's so much uncertainty in their life. These are people who are waking up and going to school one day and all of a sudden they have to flee, you know, like, oh, you, we had tomorrow that I was going to school. Now I'm going to Poland. What? Like, I, I had to go to work, you know, to, to answer these emails for work. And now I ended up in Moldova, like instead of going to work. I mean, it's just crazy. Like they, there's so much uncertainty in their life. There's so much fear. You know, women and children are, are leaving. Men have to stay behind to fight. Fathers, husbands, sons. Um, and then the women have to leave and go wherever they could, whatever country will take them and hope that they're reunited with their husband again, hope that they're reunited with their country again, their stuff, their house. I mean, it's just... It's so sad. It's so sad to watch. And, you know, it's a, it's just a little emotionally draining because we just, I just, anyway, because, you know, a lot of people in America don't know, but I just watched it happen with Armenia and, you know, now we're watching it again with Ukraine and it really is just so fucking sad. And I, 
don't really know the answer to anything but this is why i'm so big on like immigration because we can't discriminate against immigrants we can't discriminate against um you know undocumented citizens you know even if somebody goes through the proper process of receiving documentation and ends up in a country like um people from ukraine are coming up with refugee status my family moved to america under refugee status uh that's great. They they will file and go through the proper paperwork. But what if there was someone who was undocumented in Ukraine and living there and now they have to run away to another country and they don't even have their documents from Ukraine and now they end up in another country and now they're undocumented there? And what if, you know, some people can't come through with refugee status or as asylum seekers and they but they are like scared of, you know, the 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 uh, how corrupt their country is and they leave or there's just no way of like creating a better life for themselves like a lot of these people leave everything behind from Mexico and they, they, they walk for miles and travel and they're they don't know what's going to happen to them they don't know if they're going to make it they don't know if they're going to get arrested and they finally make it here and all they want to do is create a better life for themselves and their family and it's just they just had to go through a different process to get here um but they got here, right? So so regardless of the status of how someone got here, whether it was under refugee status, whether they went through the proper paperwork, whether they weren't documented when they got here, everyone deserves to be safe and to um, have a chance at really working and building something for themselves and to feed their family. Everyone does deserve that. So this just really reminded me of my family's experience and um, a lot of people that I know. And I just hope that this war just comes to an end quickly and that we there's no more casualties i mean there's already been so many people that have lost their lives with the conflict between ukraine and russia over you know the past i don't even know seven eight nine years so i hope that this is at some point gonna be the end of it um and that's it for talk with you guys uh before we move on to dropping gems i mentioned this last week but i definitely want to mention this again i love i'm loving 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 my jewelry from anna luisa jewelry i'm wearing headphones now you can't see but if you go on my instagram you can get a better look at the earrings that they've sent me i got earrings i have a ring they craft high quality jewelry pieces at affordable prices with pieces starting at 39 dollars. so i would say their prices are pretty fair they have new jewelry collections that are released every single friday and they're also carbon neutral not only their jewelry but also their packaging their pieces are elegant and trendy and really just can stand the test of time i love their stuff and now you can join the anna luisa club and get 10 percent off with my code starring milana that's s-t-a-r-r-i-n-g-m-i-l-n-a starring milana to get 10 percent off go to shop.anna a-n-a-l-u-i-s-a shop.annaluisa.com forward slash starring milana Treat yourself and your loved ones. Use my code STARMILANA to get 10% off. Okay, guys, in this week's Dropping Gem segment, I want to talk about how to find love. Okay, I don't actually have the answer to that. Like, I'm not, you know, I don't really know how to find love, but I can tell you my experience and how I found love. Sunday is going to be one year anniversary that my boyfriend and I have made it official, and I have to say that it has been the best relationship of my life. Um, it's been the most rewarding, the most challenging, the most eye-opening one. There's been so much growth and so much passion in just one year. I think that the first thing I can say on how to find love is not giving up on love and kind of being hopeful. Um, you know, 
ending my five-year relationship, I knew there was more out there for me. I didn't want to settle. Um, while we had a nice, great, calm, not problematic relationship, it just wasn't the relationship, you know, and to settle was not fair. Just because everything was fine, it wasn't what I necessarily dreamed of and it wasn't for me um and I can probably say the same for him so when I was ending my relationship you know there was people around me that were saying like you know I was just mentioning okay well you know I guess I'll date I haven't dated in five years you know it should be kind of exciting and there were people around me that were saying there's nothing out here and good luck like just really kind of freaking me out for a second um I just stop and just tell myself that that's not going to be my narrative like I am hopeful I believe that I always believe that there was someone for me there was this like great romantic relationship this passionate love this like once in a lifetime kind of love and I really believe that I found that um and as corny as it sounds one of the first things that I did in my you know journey of finding this love is I made a list and I wrote out and I know it sounds corny it's so cliche like write a list of like do's and don'ts I just wrote a list of the kind of person I want them to be not no physical just all like personality and um belief systems and um you know behaviors I just the kind of person I imagine myself with and then I also wrote about how I wanted to be treated in a relationship and then I wrote about what kind of relationship I wanted to have so I closed my eyes and vision to myself what kind of a relationship do I see myself in and I haven't seen many relationships like the one that I dreamt of I haven't really seen it you know I know that there's like exists for some people I've seen people that are really really in love but it's different it's not how I envisioned for myself so it was hard to think like does this really exist but I had to believe that it did so I wrote down what kind of relationship I wanted to see myself in and then I wrote down who I wanted to be in this relationship like what kind of version of myself did I want to be because I know that in my last relationship I was not the best version of myself there was always more that I can give I can you know really stretch myself more I can be um funnier I can be more giving I can be sexier I can be so many other things and I just wasn't the best version of myself so I closed my eyes I was like who do you envision yourself to be in your next relationship or just in life like what kind of person do you want to be and you know I wrote that down and then of course I wrote down what does this who what is this person like and I wrote all of those things down now Obviously, you know, you're not going to get everything that you want in one person. I'm also very realistic, um, but it's just the important things. Did this person have the important things? So based on my list, I started dating that way. And, you know, when I started seeing things and people that really weren't a part of my list or I wasn't getting that feeling or it wasn't bringing out the side of me that I wanted brought out of me, I just had to like let go of those situations and keep moving forward until I ended up with my baby right um and if you want to find love you have to put yourself out there nobody is going to meet you in your living room no one's going to meet you if you're sitting on the couch watching the bachelor dreaming of this love you're just sitting your ass on the fucking couch no one's going to meet you there what stranger is going to come into to your house if you want to find love you have to put yourself out there if think to yourself i want to date this kind of guy right but you're not doing anything about it what is this kind of guy doing where is he going 
you know, you have to position yourself in the right environment, but not only in the right environment, in the right like mindset to be with the kind of person that you want to be with. You have to free yourself of people or energy that no longer matches who you are or who you want to be. If you're dating guys just to date them, just to spend time, you know, you're blocking that energy of really meeting the kind of person that you should be with or you want to be with. Um, because you're not open your energy your attention and your time is taken by someone else who's not really the person that you're supposed to be with you can't expect different results doing the same fucking shit you know going to the same places acting the same way hanging out with the same friends and expect for some reason something different is going to happen you have to look for something different if you want something different if everything you've been trying hasn't worked try something new date a guy that isn't from LA date a guy that isn't in the you know field of work that you've been you know dating or the group of friends that you've been hanging out with try something new I have a friend who didn't have like the best relationship history I would say or the best relationships um she kind of ended up ended up you know heartbroken a few times and she just decided to change her mindset, but in a different way than me. She started reading a lot about love and understanding love and understanding herself. So I understood myself through my past relationship. Maybe she did too, but she really understood herself through books and her love language and um, who she was and what she needed in that way. So she really understood that part of herself. And then she started to realize what she needed in a relationship. And then she put herself out based on those terms and she even went a step further when online you know app dating wasn't really working for her like the hand or the tenders she decided to try uh like a paid option like a match.com or something like that and she really did meet someone who's been so special and their relationship has flourished and it's just a really healthy great relationship they've made some big life decisions together and that's because she decided she wanted something different and she tried something new to get it. Um, and in the process, she first became the version of herself that she wanted to be in this relationship and understand what she needed out of a relationship. And with that new energy, she decided to try something new. And in that trying something new and looking for something different, she found her something different and her something better. And I know online dating is exhausting, um, but if you don't, want to go on as many days you have to vet them out I get it but completely you know saying no to online dating and then not going out and meeting people in social settings I mean really how are you supposed to find somebody if you're sitting on your couch and nobody can find you again I'm not guaranteeing that any of this is gonna help you find the love of your life and also like I'm not saying you need to find the love of your life some people are completely fine with just being single or dating around they're having a great time dating or just maybe it's not the right time so they're just focusing on other things perfectly fine this is directly you know targeted towards those people who were like me that were coming out of a situation and thinking like I want this like fire passionate understanding like this like love that like really puts a mirror to your face and forces you to see everything about yourself and in turn makes you a better version of yourself, which I really do believe this relationship has done for me. Um, and you know, I, I took the, I, I took the steps to get there in the way that I thought was best for me and it was best for me and it did work for me. So yeah, that's, uh, my little dropping jump segment on how to find love. I would love to hear other people's stories and experiences on how they, uh, found love or how they found their person 
um, what were the steps that they took to get there. I'm always really fascinated about how people find each other, especially those like really great love stories. So please feel free to comment um, or leave a review on this episode or DM me on Instagram or comment on YouTube. I really, really do want to hear your stories and maybe I'll share them next time. All right, guys, let's go to BTS. So first of all, I show up at the gym and they tell me that I don't have to wear a mask anymore. I'm like, what the fuck? So it was so weird I'll kind of miss masks like I'm still wearing masks obviously to places that require me to wear a mask but I'm gonna sometimes miss wearing masks like in smelly situations because I've been walking to bathrooms and like if I take my mask off for a second like I smell it it's really disgusting some bathrooms are really awful and I'm gonna miss my mask in those moments or like moments where I don't want to like get ready do my makeup or just like want to be like looking rough and the mask covers half my face and my sunglasses cover the other half and I'm like golden and now we're going to lose that. So, um, you know, those are the only things I'm really going to miss. But when I was working out and running without a mask, it was so much better. I wasn't like gasping for air. These masks really like, oh, they really, they really suck for working out. Um, and then also, so speaking of working out, I worked out a couple of days this week. And then like after the third day of doing cardio, I'm like, oh, I for sure got skinnier. Let me go try on some jeans. Okay. Listen, the jeans, Ladies, you probably know this for those of us who gain weight <laughs> during COVID or just in life. Uh, jeans will be the death of us. So I go and try jeans at um, Nordstrom and like it's a no. Like it was too soon. I don't know who I thought I was. My friends were trying to tell me how these new tr- jeans trends like they don't stretch. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I'm trying on all these new jeans and like they don't stretch and like they don't button. And like they're not for me because I'm not there yet. But um, but yeah, I tried it. I really did try to go try on jeans and it just wasn't working. Lent is also this week. I talked about it last episode. Um, I think this is it. I think I'm really going to give up bread and rice for 40 days and, you know, got to hope for the best. Um, speaking of rice, I have had a, uh, ordering issue. So it was my dad's birthday, um, last week and my parents, I don't know, you know, they, we go out to dinners and stuff for like birthdays or just sometimes as a family, not too often, but we do. And, um, this year my, my parents were just so busy. We have a lot going on. We're like, why don't we just stay in and order in when we order in, even sometimes when we go out, they love volcano. I don't know why they just love volcano. They like the baked hand rolls. They love, um, the spicy seafood soup. Just a few things that they love there. So we we sometimes will eat out, but then we order in. I am ordering on Postmates and um, I, I'm placing this order and it won't let me add spicy mayo. And I'm like, huh, okay. So I wrote in the instructions. So it's like add spicy mayo, add spicy mayo. I call them just to make sure that they got my note. And I'm like, hey guys, like I try to add spicy mayo on the side you guys the postmates have didn't let me can you please throw in a couple of spicy mayo so like okay well we actually have to charge for them because so what we'll do is I'll I'll bring up some and I'll call you and then when they pick up your order I'll call you and then you can pay over the phone with your card I said I have to pay for spicy mayo like yeah it's 95 cents I'm like I just ordered 215 dollars worth of food and you can't fucking throw in two spicy mayos and this is not the first time i've had this issue with them when you dine in they don't charge you for shit you can have 10 spicy mayos but when you order out you have to pay for soy paper and spicy mayo how bizarre is that 
ordering over $200 worth of food and you can't throw in a fucking spicy mayo. And I got so annoyed on the phone. I was like, this is ridiculous. You're going to charge me. It's not even about that. 95 cents. I don't care about that. It's the principle. It's like borderline disrespectful. It's like they're spitting in your face. And I was like, you're not going to throw in some spicy mayo? What the fuck? Like, can I need to speak to you. Like, what's your name? Like, I'm, I got so irritated because the guy on the phone was kind of rude. And he was like, don't worry about it. And he hung up on me. Oh my God, I can't. Like, I don't think I'm going to order there anymore. I'm just going to stick to like another sushi place i'm gonna have to like transition my parents over to something else they might have to let go of that baked hand crab roll but yeah i mean what the fuck um i think that's really all that happened to me this week i was kind of busy so uh i haven't really watched that much tv the real house of new jersey and salt lake city um i haven't seen yet so i'll probably recap that next week um let me tell you a few things that I did watch though really briefly I just finished inventing Anna um I want to do more research on how much of it was true it seems like a lot of it was true uh it was a little longer than I think it needed to be I would have I could have done with like two episodes less at some point it got a little like boring but um yeah I mean I can't believe she's so fucking schemy it's crazy uh then I also watched Real Housewives of Miami season finale and I really feel for Alexis she is really going through it it's like one bad thing after another with her her mother passed the day she was supposed to get married you know to COVID I can't even believe this constantly like keeps happening to her um and then this Larsa and Adriana thing is really getting out of control so Larsa Adriana keeps accusing Larsa of two things one saying she's better or feeling she's better than everyone else which I'm not getting really getting that vibe from Larsa and I don't think anyone else is and the other thing is she keeps calling her a like Kardashian wannabe um so then she also said that Larsa is nobody she's just an athlete's wife and then when Larsa calls her nobody she gets offended um she called Larsa mean girl when she's being mean I mean it's just really crazy Larsa read her the fuck out of her though she said she her stock dropped she said she um dresses like she's homeless I mean it was really mean they they got really really mean and I think that the reunion is gonna be like on 10 but Real House of Miami man you guys Real House of Miami they have to move them over to Bravo because this is a really good season and I'm sure next season is gonna be really good too I also watched The Bachelor um <clears throat> this is quite a season the Therapy sessions were a little hard to watch. The Genevieve session was a little painful. It was like a person who doesn't really want to do a therapy session because she has a hard time communicating how she feels, which is kind of like you can't be this far along on the show and not be able to like be vulnerable with this person if you're expecting this person to propose to you at the end of this. But I don't think that... They even like each other enough or spend enough time together for her to even give him that side of her. So, I don't know. It was just really uncomfortable to watch. Um, And then the Sarah thing. I don't know if she's really guilty of all the things the other girls are accusing her of. I can see where she can be like a bit mean girl. The whole thing with Mara and the gap and the, the, the mean comments that she said about her. So, I could see that. I don't think her tears were real. Um, And... I'm also not sure that she was trying to psych people out. I don't really know about that. I think we'll know more on Women Tell All. The top four, uh, obviously, spoiler alert, you guys are, you know, there's a new episode tonight, but the top four right now are Serene, Susie, Rachel, and Gabby. I still think Rachel wins. Um, 
I think Susie might be the next Bachelorette. Maybe Gabby. I don't know. I do like Gabby. I think she's super entertaining. Um, and I'm excited to see all the parents and the interactions. I think it's one of my favorite parts about The Bachelor is when they go to hometowns. Um, the last thing that I watched was Euphoria episode nine so I haven't watched the season finale yet because I'm pre-recording this but that episode was one of the best episodes I have seen in like almost any show um the back and forth between the play and then the real life stories of these characters was just epic the numbers were like incredible the set design was probably my favorite part the transitions were I don't even know epic is like the best word that I can use to describe it and I can't wait to watch the finale um the number of, of, of on Nate like the performance on Nate and the football team and the like the music the music and the performance it was incredible it was like so fun to watch and I really think that they have something here I think that they should consider creating like a musical or something on Broadway with um the euphoria stars that played that are in the play that like the maddie that's in the play maddie and the play cassie i really think they should consider doing like something on broadway i think they really have something there so i'm excited to watch the um season finale of that so that is gonna bring our episode to an end remember with international women's day coming up you can buy yourself or the women in your life something really nice um at anna luisa jewelry they have great quality jewelry and you can use my code starring milana to get 10 percent off that's shop.analuisa luisa shop anna.luisa.com forward slash starring milana get 10 percent off your purchase thank you guys so much for listening make sure to subscribe leave a rating and a review um, follow me at starring milana and i will be back next week